Why, that's me. Look at me. I'm an old man. Good evening. I'm Dr. Emmett Brown. I'm standing here on the parking lot. At Thank God I still got my hair. But what on earth is this thing I'm wearing? Well, this, this is a radiation suit. Radiation suit? Of course. Because of all the fallout from the atomic wars. This is truly amazing. A portable television studio. No wonder your president has to be an actor. He's got to look good on television. Whoa, this is it. This is the part coming up, Doc. Electrical, but I need a nuclear reaction to, to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. What did I just say? The flux capacitor stores. <laughs> this sucker's electrical, but I need a nuclear reaction to, to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. 1.21 gigawatts! 1.21 gigawatts! Hey, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of Rotten P, RP, whatever you want to call it. My name is Scott, and I'm here with three of my acquaintances. My name is Scott. <laughs> yep. My name is Scott. Yep. My name is Scott, and I am very hurt at the word acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're four friends that review movies that you absolutely should have seen already, and this is certainly one of them. Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that all four of us are named Scott and became friends. <laughs> it's probably crazier that than that one of us hasn't seen Back to the Future. That is crazier. I'm surprised <laughs> at that. I was very surprised. Every time you told me over the last four years, and I was like, wait, really? Because I kept forgetting. <laughs> you just you, you kept yeah. being surprised by the uh-huh. fact. Yeah. I've been yelled at a lot, and it's it's honestly made me hold out harder. <laughs> <laughs> I think Scott did this podcast just so he could make me do it. Yeah, yeah well, that was my whole thought behind this. Yeah, I finally forced you to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you're quitting the podcast, right? Because you this was literally got... the only episode I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> so all of the this was a a, a short long con. Yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> why didn't you just nominate this at the beginning? Because it would be too obvious. It would wait. To, he would have quit and not done the podcast. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So you got I'm him emotionally. Yeah. Thinking. Got him emotionally connected. Let him do a couple of movies he really likes. Uh, oh. Make like, me well, watch a Zoe Deschanel movie. <laughs> that's when that was a test to see if he was committed. And then I was like, "Dang, he did Zoe Deschanel. It's now time. We can we can roll out." Back to the Future. This really was a long con. The next phase of the plan. <laughs> and it's just going to be the Back to the Future cast from here on out. You know? <laughs> There's an unnumbered amount of sequels to this movie. <laughs> but, uh, I wish. Well, uh, a little bit of just the facts about this movie. It was re- it was uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis and uh, written by uh, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Um, Robert Zemeckis, uh, I just love saying... Is that uh, a name. second guy named Robert Zemeckis that wrote it and then directed it? Uh, he, <laughs> yeah, just like us all being named Scott, okay. it was purely coincidental that two different men named Robert Zemeckis were involved in the making of this film. That's what makes the most sense. Uh, if uh, if you don't know anything about Robert Zemeckis, but that name sounds familiar, it might be because you read the book or watched the movie Ready Player One, uh, which pulls just it, the entire book and movie is just nothing but references from the 1980s and uh one of the like big devices that uh the main character uses is a zemeckis cube uh and so yeah a little little nod to robert zemeckis there but other than that nobody really knows much like nobody really knows a whole lot about robert zemeckis not like he's a quentin tarantino type name what else has he directed that's a great question that i don't have the answer to uh which probably means not a lot all right uh well, we can move on. He did Pulp Fiction, right? He did yeah. do Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Zach met him at the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know who it was. He though. was really mean. Uh, oh, well, I'm going to eat crow. Okay. Uh, he directed Forrest Gump. Oh, I have heard of that. Big movie. <laughs> he uh, was a producer for Flight, the uh, Denzel Washington Ooh. movie, and Contact, the uh, Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey movie. Um, but other than that, he did a lot of, uh, he did a lot of television over the years. Um, a lot of, a uh, lot of producing and executive producing, presumably off of all of the money that he made from mm-hmm. back to the future. Did he direct the sequels? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, so that's Robert Zemeckis. Uh, Did you say Jason Sudeikis? Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly who we're talking about right now. Uh, oh, and uh, little known fact, uh, he is producing uh, currently, it's in uh, pre-production right now, Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2, which will release in 2022. Oh, Christopher good. Lloyd. Wait, Christopher Lloyd was the one in... No, he was in Back to the Future. He was in <laughs> he was in another like cartoon with person movie, wasn't he? And it wasn't Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Oh. Honestly, <laughs> I yeah, Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really the followed player Chris Lloyd. <laughs> I haven't really followed a whole lot of Christopher Lloyd over the years. The only other Christopher Lloyd role that jumps to the forefront of my mind is uh, my favorite Martian with um, uh, Jeff Daniels and Christopher Lloyd. That sounds vaguely familiar to me. Yeah, he was. Like, I actually heard they're making another Space Jam movie with LeBron James. Yeah, is that true? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm excited for that. Actually, <laughs> I'm excited for that too. That's kind of. I mean, bold. I'm definitely gonna watch it. Yeah. Did you say it's bold? It's what? Did you say it's bold? That's kind of bold. I didn't hear what you said. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he said anything. This was released. <laughs> This was released July 3rd, 1985. Uh, really impressively, uh, it, on a budget of $19 million, this made $389 million in the box office domestically, mm. uh, which is very impressive. Uh, it was the highest grossing film of 1985. Um, so that's, I don't, I, I think that's pretty impressive. That's a success. Yeah. It, uh, the other guys gave this a 96%, and uh, IMDb gave this an 8.5. It won the Oscar for Best Sound Editing and was also nominated for Best Writing and Best Original Song for Back in Time. Hmm. I just want to say that Christopher Lloyd is in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh. I feel oh, pretty vindicated. Okay. okay. Well, I felt crazy at first, and then I was like, okay. I mean, you didn't need to feel crazy. Just none of us knew. Yeah, none like, of us were arguing your point. Yeah, right. we were just like... You saw who framed Roger Rabbit? Like, we were just surprised. Yeah. So then Robert Zemeckis and Christopher Lloyd have that Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider kind <laughs> of relationship. Yes. They, yes. they definitely do. That would be funny to our listeners if they heard me say that <laughs> before, but that was out of the podcast. But I think, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. I think it's even funnier for them having not heard it. <laughs> who did I compare to have that? No, it was Tino Tim Roth. Yeah, Tim Roth. It was in the last podcast. Was it in? I was, it was, it was, oh, okay. yeah, it, it was, was a part the of the recording. recording. I yeah. thought it was outside of the recording. No, it was in the recording. That's funny. All right, Scott, you nominated this movie. Let us know why and what you think about it. Uh, it's just one of those movies, you know, where <laughs> Saturday morning <laughs> underwear, yep. we can move on. Tell me, <laughs> no, no, no. go through the whole thing, Jake. What you know, you're it? just, you're, you're on the couch with your dad and you're in your underwear because that's what you do on a Saturday morning, right? <laughs> yeah. Periodically and, uh, strolling into yeah. your pantry to look at food labels. And you know, you're, you're just, you're watching TBS and this is what comes on yeah. and it's like, or, well, it's or on. FX or FX. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Or, or TNT or TNT. Yeah. And that's what you do for the day. Yeah. You know? Like you're until you're my like, mom gets home from shopping who framed Roger rabbit back to the future double feature for sure. Yeah. So it was one of those uh, movies that I did just kind of watch when it was on, but I will say I probably watched this one less than all the other movies I've said this about. <laughs> I would put this one on like the five or six times I've seen. You know, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen this movie on TV. In like, really? Really? I don't know. Like maybe, I don't know. I, I walked This in, was the first time I've watched it because someone I know owned it and we watched it on purpose. Uh, this, it's kind of funny that you say that Christopher Lloyd, uh, has said in interviews before that every time he's channel surfing and comes across this movie, he stops and watches it. I don't think I'd want to watch a movie that I was in. I think most actors would agree with you, but I think Christopher Lloyd is just crazy. That does seem like a Christopher Lloyd kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I think Christopher Lloyd in person, in my head at least, he is exactly like Doc Brown. Like he wasn't acting. He was just being mm -hmm. Christopher Lloyd. He's like, hey, he's hey kids, like, remember this time that I went <laughs> I went to the past? <laughs> I was just going to make the same joke. This movie actually always reminds me of that guy from high school who had the Christopher Lloyd sculpture. Of his head. <laughs> what? what? You had? The, are you saying <laughs> you that that's say a guy? Or? Yeah. Oh, it was Sam Poliofico. I, well, of course it would be, but I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. He brought it to school. 
And like it was one of the times he got kicked out of computer class <laughs> because he brought a yeah he was <laughs> he was he was quirky he was he was hilarious I loved oh, having my him gosh. in all my classes he was the funniest kid in our high school okay, like, so he you guys wants, aren't just ragging on this kid. No, 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 no 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 he was oh. awesome he was he, my best friend for like four three or four years he gotcha. uh, once got in trouble in this same computer class because he kept talking about popes. <laughs> and our teacher was like, if you say the word Pope one more time, you're going to type about. Not, like write a not, paper. Yeah, yeah, you have to write a paper for the rest of the period saying I'm not going to bring up Popes in Mr. <laughs> Whoever's class ever again. And uh, yeah, but one, one day he brought in like just the head of Christopher. <laughs> Christopher it, was a perfect, it was a perfect sculpture. Where did he get it? I have no clue. <laughs> well, but he, he was also kind of an actor. Like, he was he an did, actor. He yeah. did like commercials and stuff. Oh, I remember okay, seeing okay. a Juicy Fruit commercial. Yeah. He was for, an actor. For a minute, I thought you were saying like that was just like a type of guy that was in your high school. Like that dude with the Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the atypical Christopher Lloyd sculptor. Yeah, I was like, I did not have that guy, but maybe I missed out. Yeah, you did. For you sure. did. You did. Yeah. Sam was hilarious. Uh, um, Sam, if on the off chance that you listen to this, we love you. You're, we miss you. Hope you're doing well. Your stories live on, my friend. Yeah. Um, so all that being said, I really I enjoy <laughs> this movie, and uh, it's just one of those iconic movies that has so much. Um, what's the right word? Nostalgia. Not nostalgia, but like significance in culture. Okay. Yeah. Cultural significance. Cultural relativism. Yeah. R- relevant. Relevancy? Relevancy. (laughs) I didn't get to (laughs) Relativism, I think, was the word you were looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Like Einstein? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Relativity? Uh, Yeah. And so uh, when I found out that Jake hadn't seen this for like the 17th time that I've heard that, I was like, oh, I'm going to nominate that. Well, I'm glad you did. Uh, I've seen this movie plenty. Um, Yeah, I mean, again, not like like some of the ones that you and I have talked about that Mm -hmm. I've seen like dozens and dozens of times, but yeah, I've probably seen this, you know, seven or eight times and, and, um, I love it. Uh, I, I actually lived, um, not from this movie, but from back to the future three, I lived down the street from one of the stunt women from that movie. Mm. And so she had all this back to the future memorabilia, like just stuff from the films, like props and stuff like that. Mm. And, um, you know, ever since then, like that was probably when I when I found that out, I was probably uh, 12, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. And uh, I immediately went home, watched these movies and just fell in love with them. I'm actually super excited to do the recast segment at the end. <laughs> OK, yeah. yeah. Well, hold on to it. OK, hold hold your horses. all right zach you've seen this movie before i have yeah i've seen it uh a handful of times i enjoy this movie i think it's fun um i used to really like this movie when i was a kid um i probably don't like it as much as i did then uh but i think i just think it's a lot of fun it's an easy movie to watch um i'm excited Uh, this is the kind of movie that i'm i'm excited to show my kids Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. when I'm a dad to show them this trilogy. And I think it's pretty original. Like I can't really think of any other movie that uh, y- there's some movies that we watch where you can see the way it's impacted. And I mean, you can like this movie has impacted other movies, but there's not really any other movie that was just like, oh, they're just trying to do what Back to the Future did. You know, it just feels like it, it kind of stands on its own. Yeah, That's well, cool I think it was so widely viewed and so widely accepted that to try and bite on it would mm-hmm. be transparent. Yeah. Although it has influenced so much else. Pretty much every time travel movie refer- uh-huh. yeah. references it. In references some way, it. Form, that have yeah. all been lost on Jake this entire time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Scott was telling me I'm not getting any of the references, so I'm going to have to rewatch every movie with time travel. Yep. Just Hot so Tub Time Machine. I definitely. I watched <laughs> the <that>. other <laughs> quintessential. Hot Tub Time Machine 2. <laughs> Deja Vu. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Even Lost, I think Lost references Back to the Future. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. Yeah. Um, You'll have to rewatch all of Lost. It's just <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. just the episode that references Back to the Start Future. Start from the pilot. It'll yeah. be worth going through the three too many seasons that Lost had. Um, <laughs> uh, well, and even we were talking about uh, before we started recording this episode. There's obvious connection to the the super popular show right now, Rick and Morty. Yeah. Uh, Morty Marty. Doc, 
Rick. Rick. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same word. Yeah. Crazy scientist and like very yeah zany scientist. Except who they made Morty a nerd inappropriately. Yeah. Uh, super close to a teenager. But here's the thing about here's the thing about this. And this that was is one the of my, weird thing is that it's just like Marty's obviously one of the cool kids. Why does he have this such a close relationship with this? <laughs> but he's like he has town no relationship the with the town him. scientist. Like, like in the phone book, it just says scientist. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, like the town scientist. At least Rick is Morty's grandpa. Like <laughs> exactly. there's no reason that this, this is one of my biggest beefs with the whole movie is like why is 25 year old uh, Michael J. Fox in high school friends with uh, <laughs> disgraced new. Nuclear physicist. <laughs> <Disgrace> <laughs> nuclear physicist. What? That is, it makes no sense to me. Well, it sounds like you should get to your late bloomer take. Oh yeah, are we skipping Tyler, or are we you're gonna? He already did. Here 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 yeah, I, I, I hadn't seen this movie, and it wasn't for lack of opportunity. Uh, <laughs> I did not enjoy it. Um, I honestly, I don't see why people really liked it. To be honest, like I, I thought it was okay. I wasn't, I didn't think it was that fun of a time. I didn't think it made a whole lot. Like, I, there were a lot of things that I was like, why is this the case? Like the, the friendship between doc Brown and Marty. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, what else? What, what was some of your beef? I will probably going to get back. We're probably going to get into it when okay. we go through it. I just like, I, I watched it and I kind of, kind of forgot about it, but we're going to get back into <laughs> Do it. Do you wish you had a doc Brown in your life? Not even a little bit. That's why you're so resentful of this. Yeah. Movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> I didn't have any disgraced nuclear physicists that offered to send me back to the past so that I can go back to the future. I just really wanted to meet Chris Lloyd. You didn't even have the kid in high school that had the, the Chris Lloyd statue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you really missed yeah. out on How these milestones. When I was when I was a child, I met Chris Lloyd and he was very mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, just couldn't get into it. How old is Chris Lloyd now? Uh, he's like uh, Samuel L. Jackson in that he's been the same age for he's 50 been, years. Yeah, he's been 65 for the last <laughs> 65 years. He's just a hair over under 150. <laughs> a couple of years ago, we had the uh, we had the year in uh, 2015 that they eventually, you know, go to the future in, mm-hmm. in the sequel to this movie. And at the Academy Awards this, that year, they had Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd come out in costume. They like drove a DeLorean onto the stage and, you know, acted out the whole thing. Uh, and I swear, Chris, like Michael J. Fox is obviously aged a ton. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lloyd looks identical and he sounds like, like he was crazy on stage. Like he seemed like a senile old man, but mm-hmm. I'm like, he seemed like a senile old man in 1985. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Well, I would say 55 to 85 is less difference than 25 to 55. True. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's you know, fair. it also is a pretty big difference, like 16 to 25. <laughs> you know? and, You're saying none of them struck you as actual high schoolers? You know what? The beard threw me off a little bit. Like the five o'clock shadow that Michael J. Fox was coming in. <laughs> See, that doesn't but look- then that's a beef that you would have to have with a lot of movies and TV. That's true. Like uh, I know we talked about in the last episode that I've not seen Greece, but I've seen pictures of Greece, and it's like, who were they trying to fool? That these are high school. <laughs> or kids. even just Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Oh, no, that's perfect. Well, I feel like some <laughs> of this. Right. I well, I I think we can coin a new term. It's the Jaws paradox. Where like the further back in movies you go, the less they cared about making ages make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's just like Jaws, where it's like, oh, this this, this eight year old boy's mother is clearly seventy five. Yeah. <laughs> so Did we ever look up to see how old she actually was? No, but she was clearly somewhere too old. in the thirty two to seventy six <laughs> yeah, range. Yeah, somewhere. Somewhere in the Christopher Lloyd range. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, whatever that whatever is. Whatever that is. It's in the same range. Well, uh, I'm sorry to hear you didn't love it, but uh, let's jump into the play-by-play. Scott, what? Uh, yeah, I was just trying to think where the it opens with well, him the, at the school. The no, movie picks up with him being friends with a disgraced nuclear physicist. Oh, they're just hanging out at his lab. No, he just walks into his lab when he's oh, not that's even right. there. He walks into the lab. There's like a news like, report that the plutonium's been stolen. And there's just all the this, background. this yeah. weird yeah. automation that is just going haywire. And then he goes and sees Doc's missing. He's like, might as well play some guitar. And he hooks up <laughs> to the biggest 
sound system slash amp I've ever seen. And then it's so powerful that it literally knocks him back into the wall and he's like, rock and roll. And then (laughs) and and that's it. And then Doc calls him is like, hey, you might not want to mess with the amp because there's some problems with it. And he's not like, yeah, I broke it. (laughs) Yeah. There's I a broke huge it. Hole in it. I broke it, and I also messed up a lot of your uh, your house. Also, yeah. I can't hear. <laughs> yeah. If it's that powerful and it's throwing you backwards, you for sure don't have eardrums. Yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna skateboard away. <laughs> Wait, it's eight thirty five. I'm late for school. Mm-hmm. And then like he's just like like sketching across like, sketching across town. I think Sketch- that's the yeah, word yeah. sketching. And then like like he's like on that truck for like half the ride to school and the guy turns around and he just noticed him and I was like you didn't see this teenager <laughs> teenager in air quotes uh, <laughs> on the back of your car for like three miles <laughs> three miles is a slight exaggeration but yeah totally totally uh so Marty uh <laughs> I he gets a call from Don <laughs> I can't believe I'm I'm gonna talk about this but it was just it caught me so off guard I've seen this movie several times Marty gets to school and he's late and his girlfriend comes out and says, like, don't go in. Principal Strickland's looking for you. And they walk past all of this graffiti on the wall. And the largest graffiti on the wall is smegma. Bizarre that, like, that was allowed to be, like, left in the in cut. The movie. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Marty tries to, to end around uh, to get into school and gets caught by Principal Strickland. He's been tardy a bunch. He's clearly like a rebel kind of a kid. And that's the meanest principal of all time. He's like, your dad was never anything. You're never going to be anything. <laughs> Scott and I had a vice principal that was very similar to that in high school, actually. Who? Mr. Page. Oh, did he say that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. He I said never that got in trouble. So oh, he said that kind of stuff all the time. He also said that... Uh, he would crucify kids upside down and over an ant hill and dip their head in honey or something yeah, that's, <laughs> like i would argue much worse <laughs> oh yeah like he was he was like ludicrous inappropriate like wow so uh, strickland uh definitely reminded me of a of a vice principal i had for sure mm-hmm. mm. uh but uh well back when he was still at doc's place he ended up getting a call from doc like doc's phone is ringing right, and marty right. answers it and doc says like meet me at like the, 1 a.m. The Twin Pines Mall at 1 a.m. tonight. Yeah. Doc wasn't like, why are you? He, he like called expecting to find Marty there. Yeah, the Marty well, he says there. like, oh, good, Marty. I found you. Like he was he was calling his own home to find Marty. To find Marty. Mm-hmm. Which is, is going on there? Creepy. Yeah. It's a little weird. Let's just not, uh, let's not overthink it. Let's just glaze over the fact that this is a cute relationship. Yeah. Between a 16-year-old... In a uh, 50 to 95 year old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, Marty ends up, uh, you know, we, we get to meet Marty's family a little bit, and they are, uh, I mean, losers. Yeah, so, well, you find out he has a girlfriend. Marty has this girlfriend. Yeah, I, I talked about her. And then they're walking home from school, and they get handed this thing to save the clock tower, and he gets this little pamphlet just throws it in his pocket doesn't pay much attention to it and then he also at this point sees a truck that he really likes and uh tells his girlfriend like one of these days like how great would it be if like we got to like go to the wherever they were going where was it like the beach or the mountains the mountains mountains, i think yeah in, in one of those trucks and then we go home. <laughs> it's, it's, relevant, it's relevant to later in the movie. You know, sort you, of, you can call of. back to that later in the movie. Like when we're there, be like, oh yeah, they said this early. No, no. I'm going to do it like the movie did it and show it then. But you okay. Just, just cut off our steam. You know, uh, We weren't in a great steamy place. I, I was, I was, uh, I was chugging. I was getting ready. All right. I was ramping up. Pick it back up. Steamboat. Well, you, you ruined it. Well, we're getting steamboat. into uh, Marty's family the ages of people like his sister. I think the actress was like actually 37 years old. Yeah. Oh yeah. They look so much older than Marty does, but I feel like she was like just out of high school. Mm. I don't know how old she's supposed to be, but like if he's 16, she's should not be 37 unless their parents had a a lot of weird waiting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Weird waiting. That's too much time to put it. Yeah. That and is a weird way to put it. We kind of start to get to know his family. And like Tyler said, they're losers. Uh, Marty's dad. What's his dad's name again? Uh, George. George, yeah. I was uh, going to say Melvin, but that was wrong. 
is just kind of this spineless guy gets pushed around and his mom is so strict, doesn't want Marty going to the mountains with his girlfriend, doesn't even want him to have his girlfriend, I think. Um, and yeah, I think, I don't know what happens next. Yeah, she was, Jake, just uh, as an FYI, I just went and looked at the photo of like the disappearing photo and uh, she's wearing a shirt that says, and, and Marty points it out, the class of 84. So she had just graduated. She's high a year she's older a than year. Him. Yeah, but. Oh, no, I, she graduated the year before then. Like, I looked up her age while I was yeah. watching the movie, and it was, like, she was actually in her 30s. I was like, this is. Mm. So she's Nobody 19. paid attention to she's this. She's three years older than Marty. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, uh, the the family's kind of losers, and, and uh, you know, Marty's not super thrilled with his family like they don't have a close relationship no. uh there's no charisma there mm-hmm. and we're introduced uh, to biff oh yeah we are introduced to biff uh biff <laughs> is uh like sort of even still to this day like a bully to marty's father well mm. and even he calls a 16 year old kid butthead or something butthead. Yeah. that's like just what are you looking at butthead yeah non-family just walks in and so criticizes a 16 year old <laughs> <laughs> so that uh like that, like catchphrase of Biff calling people butthead was improvised. The actor just improv. He just called Michael J. Fox a butthead, and Robert Zemeckis thought it was hilarious and perfect. He's <laughs> like, "That's exactly <laughs> what like, Biff would do." Let's let's keep doing that. <laughs> More it. buttheads per minute in this movie. <laughs> well, and he's pissed at uh, George, George because he totaled George's car and. He was pissed at George for putting his life in danger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, there was a blind spot that he should have told him about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm gonna borrow someone's car, they better t- they better tell me about the blind spot. And then Marty's like, I needed that car to go to the mountains. Like, not even like, hey, Dad, I'm sorry, your car got totaled. <laughs> <laughs> Marty is kind of a punk for sure. Like, he's entitled. Don't, don't you think about how this impacts me? <laughs> So uh, Marty drifts drifts uh, off, uh, waiting to meet up with Doc, and and ends up uh, you know getting a call from Doc to to meet him at at one in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marty shows up, and Doc has this DeLorean that is just like got all kinds of bells and whistles mm-hmm. coming out of it. And uh, Doc explains to Marty that this is a time machine. And he successfully sends his dog Einstein one minute into the future. Yeah, and it's it's electric and it runs off one point twenty one gigawatts. One point twenty one gigawatts. It's electric, but it also you know needs nuclear plutonium. power. Yeah, <laughs> but um, didn't you say that when they like in the initial screening for that movie that the crowd watching that scene got so tense because they weren't sure what was going to happen to the dog? Yeah, well the the like test screening the uh, Zemeckis failed to tell the audience by the way this is a comedy <laughs> and so they thought that like something they didn't get that from the butthead no they didn't get it like i was dying laughing at that <laughs> that's a zinger you know that's a zinger because of how like serious it felt yeah yeah very dramatic you know um but i think people were thinking this was going to be you know gritty sci-fi gritty sci-fi a little et ish and uh so is et a gritty sci-fi no but <laughs> yeah it's the grittiest of the time sure yeah true true uh but yeah so the audience was not expecting this to be a fun funny movie yeah and uh so they thought that like oh gosh he just (laughs) this dog is dead he just vaporized this dog (laughs) jeez (laughs) but the dog appears back we we catch up to the dog one minute in the future and he's totally fine and and then the libyans show up how yeah. hilarious would it have been if the Libyans then killed the dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we find out that the missing plutonium was stolen previously, but then you find out that Doc stole it from Libyans. But why was it reported missing? Did the Libyans steal it first and then he stole it from the Libyans? Yeah, so the Libyans stole it and gave it to him uh, under the the pretense, the promise that he would build them a nuclear bomb. Yeah, and he, and he just didn't see gave, any like downside to not delivering on the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and so he gave them a uh, dud bomb, which I think, in his words, was filled with a bunch of pinball parts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just deal with that problem <laughs> when it comes with an AK forty seven. Like the Libyan terrorists would have someone that could like just fact check that or just like, <laughs> check it out like, 
I, guys, I just like, said the high score on this bomb. It's real. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Libyans show up, shoot Doc. And Marty jumps in the car to get away from the Libyans yep. uh, and inadvertently hits 88 miles an hour. And these Libyans do not look like just watching this in 2020. It doesn't age well. <laughs> there was definitely some brown face used. There is clearly, a lot of stuff that does not age well in this movie. <laughs> clearly white actors. Yeah. As is the case with most old movies. Though. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, and so the date that was selected on the um, the DeLorean was the date that Doc invented time travel. Right. And so they went back to... November 25th, 1985, I think. 55. Not 85, 55. 55, I'm yep. sorry, 55. And so that's where he goes, and uh, it's when his parents are his age, and he's got a... He also realizes he didn't bring enough plutonium for a return trip. <laughs> well, because he wasn't trying to go He's to the past. To escape yeah. the Libyans. It yeah. was an accident. He's trying to get not get shot. Seems like a design flaw of the DeLorean that if you just hit 88 miles an hour, you're going somewhere. Well, he uh, when he was shifting, he accidentally turned on the time circuits. Oh, okay. Yeah, he that bumped the time circuits with the his elbow. The flux capacitor. Yeah, and it activated the flux capacitor to, uh, to transport him 30 years into the, the past. Yep. So he shows up uh, where the Twin Pine Mall will eventually be yeah. 30 years before and realizes he can't go back. And so he's like, okay, I got to find Doc Brown and figure out how to go back to the future. And that's the whole movie. And it, it ends right there. Wrap. Oh, you, 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 you do need to mention that uh, he, he takes out one of the Twin Pines, so then it's the Lone Pine Mall. That's true. That's true. And that's it. When he goes back to 85, it becomes the Lone Pine Mall. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was called the Twin Pines Mall when you first watched the, uh, the beginning of the movie and then at the very end of the movie when he finally does go back to the future, hashtag spoiler alert, uh, it's called the Lone Pine Mall because he ran over one of the trees. Makes sense. Uh, I think Jake's the only person who has never seen this movie. I don't even think we need to do spoiler alerts. Yeah. The only person in the world. Yeah. 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 You're the last one. You're the last of us. have seen it. Although I will say. just like as soon as you're born, they just stick you in a room and they put on Back to the Future. Yeah. Just so you understand the references. But I. I so you're going to understand all the other movies. Yeah. Like, you're never going to understand these movies if you haven't and seen them. And yeah, that's why I haven't seen that many movies because like I just didn't get them. Mm. You I know. I will say back in uh, 2015, uh, which again was a, a big year because it, it take you know it's a big part of these movies. The year 2015, 2015, um, the cast did and the 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 director and the writers did a lot of uh, like appearances in 2015. And in London's Comic Con in 2015, Michael J. Fox admitted that all four of his children in their late teens and early twenties at the time that none of them had seen Back to the Future. So it's me and them. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I think that they are getting the good side of this deal. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Marty uh, inadvertently, before he On ends his way up to finding find Doc, yeah. Doc Brown, inadvertently uh, takes the place of how his mother and father met. Yeah, he's, he meets his dad first. Well, he meets his dad. Um, well, actually, he doesn't meet his dad being a peeping Tom, but he sees his dad he being He meets a his dad Tom. in the diner first. Yeah. Right, and then follows his dad. And the diner where uh, there's the janitor is there who mm -hmm. then who eventually becomes... becomes <clears throat> and this was like my biggest gripe with the film is that the logic does not follow and that... Uh, the whole movie is about him not wanting to change the future. Well, he doesn't know that yet. It's true, but like th that's still what the movie's about. Yeah. And so, which then means that he, in any other timeline, has never gone back to the past because he does change the future. The future that he was a part of is different when he goes back. Well, mm -hmm. this is this is time. This is like one. This is why time travel movies don't make sense. This is, the, is this why one, this one doesn't make no, sense. No, 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 because this is one legitimate theory of time travel is that he always went back to the past. But then but then he changed things. But then but why wouldn't he? He didn't change things. It was always going to happen that way. It's like a predeterminism like idea of time travel. So but then shouldn't then, his dad not be a pushover in every single timeline? Because yeah. he's went to change it. So yeah. that's why it doesn't follow. No, what I think happened was that he just got uh, encouraged to become the mayor at an earlier time. Like he was, 
he became the mayor on his own time. So it's just coincidental. It's coincidental. And it's, but it's absolutely not because he says he could be, he's going to be the mayor. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I should be mayor. Like that's exactly. Saying, and yeah, later saying even if in the, in the original timeline, he became mayor through his own like story. Like, but so does that change different. what Zach said about his dad? Yeah. He, he said that in both timelines, but in both timelines, his dad shouldn't have been a pushover, right? It's it's the no because what does his dad being a pushover have anything to do with Goldie deciding? No, to it's not the with the mayor. It's just like the just the the time travel in this movie doesn't make any sense. It's the it's the idea that like the way that Lost does time travel and that you can't change anything. It's all already predeterminism done, yeah. makes the most sense. And in this movie, he does change things, branching timelines. Oh, so it's like Endgame. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's just we don't talk about the. Uh, other timelines yeah yeah because then he also is the reason for chuck berry finding that sound that he's <laughs> right yeah, for michael j fox invented rock and roll actually let's uh <laughs> let's correct that one <laughs> not michael j fox marty, marty, McFly. marty McFly. yeah yeah who just uh, uh was a metalhead who apparently knew how to perfectly tell everybody how to play johnny be good who had never <laughs> heard that before well i mean all music is like like really good musicians can do that because like all music is based on certain foundational like musical styles, and so he he tells them what kind of style it is, and then like it's pretty easy to just like follow along. Like if you're a bass or a drummer, like it's pretty easy. Like oh, this is a jazz swing. I know the basics of jazz swing. So if I hear him playing a chord progression, I know the chord progression, and I know it's a jazz swing. So I know the timing and tempo. Like that's not that's not unrealistic. I was just thinking that he probably wouldn't know. <laughs> that he probably wouldn't know Johnny B. Good. It doesn't that just style hasn't like been his, invented uh, yet. Yeah, oh, we, and we skipped over him trying out uh, before he went back. It's okay. <laughs> well, you missed Huey Lewis being in <laughs> yeah, the movie. Yeah, it's just yeah, Huey Lewis oh, in the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Huey Lewis, who wrote two original songs for this movie, Back in Time and uh, The Power of Love. Oh, Huey Lewis wrote songs for this movie? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, the two songs that are featured in the film, Back in Time and The Power of Love, which he received an Oscar nomination for. Wow. Uh, had a cameo in the movie. Marty McFly tries out to uh, be his band uh, to play the, the school dance. And uh, someone gets up, one of the judges gets up and says, you're just too loud. And uh, that was Huey Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, as Tyler kind of said earlier, he kind of takes the place of his dad in his dad and his mom's meeting and so his mom falls for him and so now he has because a new mission because his dad was up in a tree spying on her spying yeah. on her well er, earlier um, that's not why she fell in love with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but that's why marty took his place because he Correct. falls out of the tree and he's about to get hit by a car yeah, he pushes car. his dad out of the way and it turns out to be his mom's dad yeah which he was so shocked to see his parents but he doesn't even acknowledge like oh here are my grandparents too like I, it's like presumably was, he doesn't know them he's never met them before i would guess yeah i guess so uh he uh uh the mom i don't know if you remember but earlier the mom's telling the kids the story of how they met and she says what were you doing were you bird watching and he just like uh he like doesn't answer and we find oh, out like that's, that's the right. joke it was like yeah, he wasn't bird watching he was peeping yeah he was bird watching <laughs> <laughs> so uh he his mom falls in love with him uh well is that's, infatuated with him infatuated a, with him i was so Calvin. upset from this point forward when his mom was just trying to come on to him for the rest of the movie i was like all right i'm out like i think that's where it really lost me i was like all right I'm very uncomfortable for the rest of this. You just didn't think it was like funny irony, like no, I just thought it was gross. You didn't think it was cute. Yeah, it was. It was cute, like his relationship with Doc Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Creepy, uh, yeah. alarming. Yep. Yeah. Did you like that she took his pants off and read his name off his underwear? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's what you should. What? Do. Why are you calling me Calvin? Isn't that your name, Calvin Klein? It's written all over your underwear. Where are my pants? I've never seen purple <laughs> underwear before. Yeah, that part definitely made me uncomfortable. <laughs> well, uh, eventually Marty does connect with uh, Doc Brown from yep. uh, 1955 and uh, convinces him that he is, in fact, from the future. And, By uh, retelling the story of how he invented time travel, which right. he 
he had never told anyone before because it just happened. It just happened that day. Which also then begs the question, like, did Marty every single timeline tell Doc Brown about the flux capacitor on that day? Well, at this point, there's only two timelines. You don't have to say every timeline. But there's previous timelines too yeah i mean the we could spend all day if, talking if you this. believe in branching timelines there's an infinite amount of timelines because every decision creates a new timeline don't you remember when tilda swinon punched hulk <laughs> and, and explained all of this and she knocked bruce banner out of the hulk <laughs> anyway uh and so uh marty uh doc and marty uh engage on this adventure to number one, figure out how to get him back to the future. Uh, but number two, how to, how to, uh, fix the, uh, alteration he's made to time by getting his mom to fall in love with his dad. Mm -hmm. And the way they show the, how he's altered time is that the picture that's in his own wallet, him and his siblings begin to fade out of it. Right. I think that's the biggest mistake in the movie is that. That's the biggest mistake. Yep. How? What do you mean? How is that a mistake? Because I don't think they would. Fade. Because if it's timelines, it wouldn't. The picture wouldn't change at all. It's something from the past. It's not. Oh know. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because that that that's also showing his actions directly influence influence his current timeline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Which is why the movie doesn't make sense. But <laughs> up to I would say. Uh, Endgame. No movie with time travel <laughs> made sense. <laughs> Well, uh, it's it's kind of funny. I uh, I wanted to point out because I didn't I didn't really know this before, but uh, Marty McFly was actually originally cast uh, by Eric Stoltz, uh, who would later go on to uh, star in the movie Some Kind of Wonderful, which was a uh, like quintessential '80s romantic movie. Um, but he would later be Lance in Pulp Fiction. Oh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> interesting. So Wait, who's Lance? The drug dealer. The drug dealer. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if he would have landed this role, he wouldn't have turned to drugs. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, it's the same timeline. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it definitely is. Outside of the movie. After he went back to the future. But uh, Eric Stoltz at the time, he had been a uh, TV show uh, actor. He was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, and he was a little bit of a 1980s heartthrob. And I don't know why I couldn't find anywhere why he uh, lost the role of Marty McFly. Um, but while he was on set, apparently he was trying to method act and refused to respond to any name other than Marty McFly. This doesn't seem like the kind of role you need to method act. No, it, it's not. Maybe it, that's why they let him go. They're could, like, you're thinking way too much. You, you care too much about this, dude. You know, how old was he? Maybe he was too age appropriate for the role. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe he was actually 16. Well, uh, he was born in 1961, and oh, this so movie was made in the same age. That goes right out the window. But uh, when they told Christopher uh, um, Lloyd Lloyd, Lloyd uh, that Eric Stoltz was no longer going to be in the movie, he was like, who's Eric? And they were like, this is the guy that was Marty McFly. And Christopher Lloyd, like after a while of explaining it to him, he went, I just thought his name was Marty. <laughs> I, do you think he was like how convenient like his name is actually marty mcfly and we're making a movie about marty mcfly or do you think he just didn't realize they were making a movie <laughs> yeah i think christopher lloyd had no idea that this was a movie he's just looking at he's like how is this gonna take me he's like where are all the scientists like how did we invent time travel <laughs> they're gonna shoot me <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they end up, uh, you know, succeeding in uh, thwarting Biff. Uh, also, the 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 other Biff catchphrase, the make like a tree and get the hell out of here. That, um, by the way, it's Scott says this all the time. Yeah. And I just thought that was something Scott said. That was the, the most I got out of this movie was, <laughs> was hearing where that came from. You're welcome. Well, that was also improv by the actor. And this actor's a pretty funny dude. Yeah, Zemeckis <laughs> just thought it was hilarious. Has he been in anything else? I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, if so, I nothing big. I, nothing big. <laughs> yeah. Um, bigger than Back Biff? to the Future you too, can. maybe. <laughs> but uh, Marty succeeds in thwarting Biff at a couple of different uh, occasions and ends up succeeding in getting his parents back together at, at the, the school dance. Thwarting Biff and doing some very bad things that I'm surprised that we were cool with showing in the eighties. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. I I wanted to talk a little bit about how how he gets George to ask eventually Lorraine because out. George is so like spineless and he just wants to write his stories and uh, Marty has to appear to him in the middle of the night, pretending to be an alien and or Darth he's, Vader. Yeah, he's he's he, in the hazmat suit. He says he's Darth Vader from. Vulcan. And there's a little bit of trivia, Tyler, that you were telling us that there was, was it a producer <laughs> yeah. that had a note? Spaceman. Oh, it was, no, it was the, the head of the, uh, of the studio, uh, of the studio, Scheinberg. Uh, he had a note that he said, you know, it shouldn't be called back to the future. Uh, no one wants to see a movie. No one wants to see a movie that has future in the title. It should be spaceman from Pluto. <laughs> And the scene where Marty convinces his dad to, you know, pursue his mom, he, you know, pretends to be like an alien because uh, George McFly was super into writing science fiction. Mm -hmm. And uh, he pretends to be an alien. He says, I'm Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. And uh, uh, Scheinberg said in the, in the, the memo, he said, that line should be replaced with, I'm a spaceman from the planet Pluto. Like just the literal, the, the name of the, the title that he suggested. And, uh, Jake, would that have made you love it more or less? Oh, I would have loved, I, I adore this man that he wants to make this Scheinberg guy. He wants to make a movie called spaceman from Pluto. So bad. That he's like, (laughs) just have this line in there and then we can call it spaceman from Pluto. It'll be great. It'll be awesome. And, uh, Steven Spielberg actually stepped in and, uh, responded to Scheinberg and said, like, thanks so much for that joke memo. We all loved it and laughed a lot. And Scheinberg not wanting to admit that he was being serious, just let it go. Yeah. Good call. By the way, Thomas Wilson, who plays Biff, uh, has done like a fair amount of other stuff, but it's mostly like TV series and especially, um, uh, like, uh, cartoons, um, he's done a lot of SpongeBob and uh, Captain Underpants. Who? What? Who did he play in SpongeBob? I don't know. Sick. Dog Walker, Cop Number Two, Customer Number One. Oh, oh yeah, Dog dude, Walker, Customer Number One. <laughs> dude, that's great. Mutton Chop, Stinky. I was kind of hoping it'd be like one of the more main characters, like, like Mr. Patrick. No, 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 no. He's done a lot of small stuff. He's really only known for the three back to or the two back to the future movies. Actually, I think he is in the third one. The actors in the third one, he plays like the great great ancestor. Of yeah, Biff. he he's the bad guy in the third one too. Yeah. He, it's just not actually him. Yeah, it's not yeah. Biff. It's like Biff's great 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 grandfather or something. So Marty ends up. Uh, what do you mean bad guy? <laughs> Biff's the hero. <laughs> uh, Marty ends up. Uh, successfully getting his parents back together and doc successfully gets Marty back to the future, but not before Marty changes one more thing from the past. Uh, and he slips a note to doc that tells him, Hey, on this particular day, uh, you're going to be shot. So try to make that not happen. Hey, you want to call back to that? Uh, the clock tower thing that you, you thought was so important earlier. No, not anymore. All right. It's for the best. (laughs) <laughs> uh you know 1.21 gigawatts <laughs> uh that it, oh and when he gets back to the future he finds out that his uh parents are now cool and attractive and biff is a nobody and he has like a mobile car detailing service and marty has the the truck that scott talked about that he wanted so badly that's pretty important Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so was the lightning on the clock tower. <laughs> um, also, his siblings were cool and successful now, but they all still lived at home. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were just over for breakfast. They're just hanging out for breakfast, like mm-hmm. getting dressed there and stuff. Yeah. Well, I think they got dressed at home and then came for breakfast. For breakfast. To eat cereal? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That seems more <laughs> believable. With like none of the family there. Like yeah. They came it's just over. them at the table. <laughs> yeah. And then the, I think the most implausible thing happens after this, uh, doc shows back up and this time he's just come from the year 2015 mm-hmm. and he says, quick, we've got to go back to the future. Mm-hmm. And Marty's like, why? And you know, well, your kids are awful. And the <laughs> girlfriend, like, what, are we assholes? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, it's your kids. And then, uh, like 
the girlfriend just goes along with this yeah, whole thing. She, <laughs> she, she has no clue what any of the movie is. Yeah, happened. she yeah, she has like, all right. No context for the fact that Marty has just gone back in time. And she just he, knows Marty and Doc are really close. <laughs> And now she's going to get in this uh, ridiculous car with, with Marty and tra- and then fly. And this also, doesn't Doc, need roads. Doc knows that all this just happened. He couldn't give Marty like a little bit of time off. Like why did he go back to that <laughs> To that time? moment? Yeah. yeah. Like he could go back at any time. Uh-huh. He yeah. could have went back to two weeks after this. Right. And said, okay, hey, I need your help again. He knew, excited, he knew how excited Marty was to go to the mountains. I know. <laughs> but here's the thing: is like, it doesn't matter if he gives. He could just bring him right back there. You know, he can go right still, back to the mountains. Can still go back to the mountains. It's true. Well, we don't know. You know what? The biggest, we haven't seen the sequel. That's true. Well, we have. Jake hasn't. Jake hasn't. So well, he that doesn't means none know. of us have. <laughs> um, all right. You know what is the biggest plot hole in this movie? What does George McFly think about Star Wars? Oh, since he had Darth, Darth Vader, Vader ruined for him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, Star Wars had come that. out. Well, sorry, it's the 50s. Yeah, what is it? What he, he goes to see Star Wars, and he's like, that's the alien that came and saw me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think George uh, like goes the rest of his life thinking that that was real. You could even... There could be a theory that he wrote Star Wars because he's a published sci-fi writer. He wrote Star Wars and Star Trek. Yes. Oh, does he write Star Trek? Well, Vulcan. Planet Vulcan. Oh, Star yeah, Trek, you're yeah. right, you're right. <laughs> I mean, it could Could've be. Been. He's although if he had written those movies, he wouldn't be living in still the same house. It looks like he was just get. Oh, what this is eighty five, so that would have been after Star Wars. Yeah, like yeah. ten to fifteen <laughs> yeah, years right. after. Yeah. Well, never mind. This is after all three have have come out. Yeah. Well, uh, let's uh, let's talk about any favorite lines or favorite scenes from the movie. Scott, do you have any? Uh, one point twenty one gigawatts. Yeah. Is that your score? No. That's I mean, that's, that's really line. high. I just like the scene where he says it a thousand times. Okay. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts. I think my favorite line was when he said that I'm a spaceman from Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> I also like when he, um, at the very beginning of the movie, sees the van and one immediately knows it is the Libyans, but right. two is like, it's the Libyans. Like, how do you not know that's the Libyans? <laughs> like, he's you know that all Libyan terrorists drive Volkswagen vans? <laughs> yeah. He's almost like disgusted at Marty for not knowing it's the Libyans. <laughs> Keep up, man. <laughs> I know I just told you I stole this plutonium. Yeah, forget that you're 16 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't you know? <laughs> it's the Libyans. <laughs> Oh man, I think uh, I think my favorite uh, I think my favorite part in the movie uh, is when he plays at the dance, like he does Johnny Be Good when he steals when rock he steals and roll. rock and roll <laughs> Chuck Berry and Chuck Duck Berry. Walk too. Yeah, there's a weird part right after that too when he's like gotten his parents back together and they walk out to see him and his mom just says oh are we ever gonna see you again right like she and it's like what why would you think you wouldn't if yeah. he's a student at yeah. your school yeah mm-hmm. uh also why isn't she like hey why did he ask me to go easy on my eight-year-old that lit my rug on fire <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah like oh also when he grows up why isn't she like <laughs> you look just what? like the when other that Marty happens, that we knew. when that happens we're like son of a <laughs> like, also, she's like, oh, Marty, that's a nice name. And she waits for her third born yeah. to name again Marty. <laughs> I, uh, I I think my favorite line, though, is because when we first get introduced to his family, his uncle is in jail. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when he meets his uh, mom as a teenager and meets her whole family, uh, the uncle is just a little toddler, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, he says, better "You used to better get used bars. to being behind bars, kid." I did like that. I it, was <laughs> it was just such like a cold hearted like. And like, then his other uncle's like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> like nothing, like just a dick move. I think my favorite line. There's a bit where they're uh, Doc for some reasons at the high school with Marty, and they're trying to like strategize to how to get them <laughs> together. Yeah. 
and he looks up and he sees a poster of the dance. Oh, yeah. And he goes, look, there's a rhythmic ceremonial ritual coming up. <laughs> I pointed that <laughs> out Even to Tyler. Even though it says dance it. on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rhythmic ceremonial ritual. I'd like to think that that's really how Christopher Lloyd talks. Like that that was improv. Because actually, uh, Christopher Lloyd uh, supposedly improvised a lot of his lines. Really? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't think of anybody that would be less like a scientist than Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> but also like so much like a scientist at the same time, like the stereotype. No. No. Okay. Uh, I happen to think Christopher <laughs> Lloyd is the archetype of scientist, Jake. Mm. I feel like he definitely set the archetype of like Hollywood scientists. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. Like zany, wild, yeah. crazy yeah, that's scientists. why Bill Nye is the way he is. He inspired Bill Nye to go into science. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Scott or uh, Jake, any favorite uh, favorite line, favorite scene? The credits. Yeah, I, I just loved watching the DeLorean fly away and <laughs> fade to black. What would you have done if it uh, we had like given you like a different cut and it literally just went into Back to the Future too, <laughs> <laughs> and it was still like another hour forty five? I would have gone to sleep. It was like midnight. Back to the Future, <laughs> the whole bloody affair. <laughs> Uh, so when the movie uh, was first screened to that test audience, uh, the VFX guys had not done the light effects on the DeLorean yet when it flies away. Uh, but the the auditorium was still like thunderously applauding. I know people mm. like this movie. Toast staring me down when he said it. <laughs> I know people. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, didn't you say it was uh, USC's like film department? Yeah, that. USC's uh, film school uh, has like studies this and like as the quote unquote perfect screenplay. Yeah, would you agree with that, Tyler? No, <laughs> that's why I'm glad I didn't go to USC. No, not at all. But I think it's good. I think it's a tight screenplay. Like I think it's I think it's well written, well done. Yeah. Um, super funny. We talked about Eric Stoltz. Uh, one one final bit of like trivia about Marty McFly. Um, uh. The, uh, not Zemeckis, the other Robert, uh, that wrote Gull? the movie. Yeah. Gale. 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 Bob Gale, um, was going back through notes, uh, several years ago, just from the production of this movie and ran across, uh, something that he had completely forgotten. And it's that Johnny Depp auditioned for the role of Marty McFly. And according to Robert Gale was completely immemorable. Hmm. So. Young, uh, young Johnny Depp didn't didn't have it yet. Kind of funny. Sure. All right, recast. Scott, you said you have a funny recast or a good recast, maybe. I, it could be both. I don't know. All right. Well, it is a comedy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I would do Tom Holland as Marty. I love it. And Robert Downey Jr. as Doc. I hate it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You had me with Tom Holland. He'd be a great Marty McFly. Oh, yeah. Because he has all that, like, quirky, yeah. zany energy. Mm -hmm. uh, like, he could just do his Peter Parker as Marty McFly. I'm thinking, like, less zany scientist and more, like... Um, like, Doolittle type scientist? Yeah, just like Dr. Doolittle. Yeah, yeah. I haven't that's seen what I know. No, I, I was that's thinking what I more know like... Um, I was thinking more, like, due date type of uh, Robert Downey Jr., Oh, just kind of like pissed off at the world a little bit. Yeah, because I mean, he is disgraced. So this would be mm -hmm. like literally like a gritty sci-fi. Yeah, <laughs> this is a horror. Yeah, it's a re recast. And, it. and then the girlfriend would be Zendaya. Oh yeah. gosh! All right, I'm out. Scott just wants Spider Man again. Yeah, he just really wants, really but wants like, to think about it. Like maybe, uh, no. maybe he gets bit by a spider at the beginning. Okay, okay, and yeah, he yeah. gets like special spider powers, and then he moves to New York. He moves to New York <laughs> because he saves there's not the enough city. buildings. Yeah, specifically Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And uh, then Doc or Queens. I'm sorry, Queens gets captured by terrorists. Libyans. And held, yeah, as a yeah. POW. Yeah, and space Libyans actually. And then has he, to get he has his, to get his from Pluto to his son. <laughs> so <we're just> <laughs> every plot mashup. Yeah, uh, and a big giant bear comes out of nowhere. <laughs> the Revenant. <laughs> that was still due date. He has oh. a, he has a dream about Zach Galifianakis being a bear. Is, like, it, is any of this going to be there for the birth of the baby? Trying to throw the Revenant into this no. movie. No. Anyway. 
Uh, Zach, do you have any uh, any recasts? I'm gonna jack Tom Holland because that's kind of perfect. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I was trying to think. I'm not saying this would be the perfect recast, but I think it would make for a much different movie, and I think it'd make for a really fun movie if Danny DeVito played Doc Brown. I was gonna say that. <laughs> really? Yeah, I could. See I it. feel like it could be pretty great. I would love it. That was my my pick was for Danny DeVito to be Doc Brown. But I also how just would say, you change their relationship to make it more believable? I it just wouldn't be like there's no <laughs> way you keep the unbelievability of their relationship. There's just no way that you can look at this and make it make sense. Put put Marty in college, and Doc is a professor, and he's like his best student. Sure, or he just has an interest in science, or he sees there's he has a knack for science, and so they yeah yeah that's a, I mean it's a little more reasonable yeah then just yeah yeah, yeah then, then the just, just this high school kid is hanging out with this crazy guy exactly I will say for my recasting of Doc Brown anybody that isn't Robert Downey Jr. yeah I think yeah sure <laughs> you know anybody anybody, anybody. Uh, any of us <laughs> okay what about Tom Holland Christopher Walken. I oh, would, I would love that. Oh, that's pretty that's good. That's a great. Re I think that's it. I think Scott just won the recast. I Christopher Walken, Tom, Tom, or Tom. wait, uh, I got a fever, <laughs> and the only prescription is, is one point twenty one gigawatts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Christopher Walken could play a hilarious Doc Brown. I'm gonna pander a little bit to Jake uh, in my recast. I'm I'm also like I think we're all set on Tom Holland as Marty McFly, mm -hmm. um, but I would have Clint Eastwood as Doc Brown. <laughs> He's a crazy old man now. <laughs> <laughs> he could probably just he'd just be so. <laughs> He'd be so uncaring yeah. that, that that Marty's stuck in the fifties. He just wouldn't, give a crap. <laughs> he wouldn't even go. Yeah. Be, I uh, believe you're from Eastwood. the future, but I really just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would say, "Come up some kind of racial slur at him." <laughs> like, but you get to uh, steal from the Libyans. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> That's gonna happen regardless, though, right? Yeah. Like, you know, if I don't help you. <laughs> Are you feeling lucky? <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, let's uh, let's spin up our servers, Jake. Uh, are are we doing okay? I mean, I know that there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of uh, traffic on the internet due to uh, COVID. Everyone's just sitting around well, watching this is, TV. This is isolated. Oh, okay. This is in a like a, yeah. it's a, it's a just close a circuit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Thank you for for yeah, working. I'm so surprised hard. you didn't know that because we have to plug into it every time. Well, I don't know what this big machine is. Okay. I just kind of thought it was your water dispenser. I just like the lights. <laughs> Zach, what did you think of Back to the Future? Uh, I'm going to give Back to the Future 7.2 racially written Libyan terrorists. <laughs> Scott? Uh, I'll give it 7.0 gigawatts. I really was not <laughs> expecting Scott to go lower than Zach. Yeah, I wasn't either. Yeah, Jane, your own movie? I don't think it's like an excellent movie. I just think it's a movie you should have seen. That's a fun time. For sure. Yeah, but you you rate based off of how you enjoy things. That's what you said. That's why you gave There Will Be Blood five. Let's, I also said let's not, I've seen this five or six times. If I'd have liked it more, I would have watched it more. All right. Let's not... Uh, Let's not take Scott off of this track of actually rating movies what they deserve to be rated. Let's not. Let's I've always rated movies what they deserve to be rated. Okay. <laughs> I would just like, a, I just want a redaction, really. Uh, I'm going to give it um, like uh, six astronauts from Pluto, spacemen from Pluto. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to give this uh, 7.9. Uh, Lone Pines. That's just as high as you rated Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I would. I think that they're wow. equally as excellently executed. I wonder what the unit conversion is from spacemen from Pluto to Lone Pines. Uh, there is some heavy weighting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this movie, Back to the Future, seventy percent on Rotten Potatoes. Mm. You heard it here first and last. I think just like most things that this movie has, it's better than it deserves. Uh, <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, this still beat out uh, Life Aquatic Steve Zissou and tied with Stand By Me. 
What did we give Life Aquatic? Sixty-seven uh, percent. Oh. I'd agree with both of us. <laughs> you stand by all of all of these figures. Yeah, I would say I would say this is probably a little bit better than Stand by Me, and uh, definitely better than Steve Zissou. I would disagree with that. I would disagree with that as well. What did I write, Steve Zissou? Can I retro? Can I redact that? Uh, you rated Steve Zissou a six. Wow. The same, same as, you rated same this. as oh, this. No. Yeah. All right. So well, I who's can't inconsistent back. now? Oh, got him. I was going to do a 5.5 and I didn't. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, make sure to uh, check us out next week uh, where we're going to be reviewing uh, Zach's pick, which is Face Off. I'm so devastated that we're watching. I couldn't be more excited. I'm actually really looking forward to this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited. Uh, Face off. uh, Believe it or not, was in the nineties on uh, rotten tomatoes. I just can't wait to tell you guys uh, how this movie is rated higher than other movies that we've done. (laughs) Well, uh, Jake, do you have any uh, final thoughts for us as we get out of here? I don't think so.